Welcome to Picks with the Professor, a show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline to predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the models in the course of this episode. It's to cover five Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. Get you new here. Check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections and picks on every single game, if you're interested in the number that the model needs for a pick to become an A grade, if you're interested in all the projected totals, if you're interested in the Discord chat, which has a lot of great NBA and NHL chatter, a lot of MMA stuff, golf as that gets back kind of in the swing of things, all sorts of good uh, sports betting content on that Discord. Not too many people, so it's not too crazy, but enough people to give some good advice. It's a fantastic place to be. All of that is available through Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Cost is under $1 per day if you sign up for a monthly or longer package. Great opportunities over there. And I keep mentioning the A-plus play of the day. 10 of the last 11 have been winners. It's ROI for the season is about 20%. I don't know if it'll stay that high this year. I hope it will. I, that'll be quite that good, but it's still going to be a solid ROI day in and day out, just like it was last baseball season for us. So we get a lot of reasons to be over there. that membership can pay for itself. Just if you're betting on the A plus plays of the day, remember that sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game and not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. We'll take a long-term view right here. And don't get distracted when Josh Hader gives up a ninth inning home run and costs us the nightcap of what would have been a really good Sunday and said turn into a still positive Sunday uh, for us, all the picks given to the dub clubbers, but uh, you know, could have been a, just a much better Sunday if, if, if that didn't happen and, and, and still positive. So, so I'm not complaining too much, but you know, that stuff happens. Every closure is going to blow saves in the long run. It's going to balance out. It's just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say, we'll be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler uh, a great slate of games for Tuesday night, sadly no day games, but for all five games, I'm going to give you a side pick and a total pick. Every pick is B or a grade. And there's another like five or six, it seems like a picks that aren't even on the show over on dub club available. Just a lot to like about Tuesday's slate with regards to totals, with regards to B picks that are worth your time and the a picks, which of course always are. But before we get to it, some reminders, please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube, also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content this channel provides. Agree money then plays return four units. That is the risk plus win week equal four. So that we risk proportionally more on favorites and dogs. B grades return three units. No C grades this uh, show. All the totals, I recommend it. Flat betting, slow return 2.1 or 2.15 or something like that. A little bit less in the B grades because totals are higher variance. So I want a little bit less invested in them to balance out my portfolio. But as always, with the picks, with the scaling, take what you like and leave the rest. 6.35 p.m. Eastern, raised the Orioles. Let's grab the underdog Orioles here at home at plus 106. Fantastic team. This Orioles team have loved backing and rooting for them here for the last um, you know year or so. They, they showed this year that, that last year was no fluke. We didn't think it was a fluke last year. We thought they were pretty good. Uh, by about the midway point of the season, kind of realized that, that this team is the real deal. And I think that's just the, the case here for, for Baltimore is they just need to be taken a little more seriously. We talked about how they played the Braves so well in that series and at least covered the run line there. 
Same situation here. You can play it more conservatively and take the run line if you want. You're just having to pay a really steep price. I'm going to take the money line and see if they can pull it out. I hate fading Zach Eflin. I've loved this guy. Cousin Jared's been on and talked about him a couple times. I've mentioned just I think he's he's the real deal. 225 ERA this season. Underlying metrics say his ERA should be in the upper two. So it's not really a fluke. And he's becoming one of the better pitchers in baseball. Uh, just seemingly not quite ever unlocking at all in Philadelphia up until at least maybe the little bit of last year at the end of the year and just uh, picking up where he left off and continuing to improve. Hate fading him, but Grayson Rodriguez, I think, is undervalued. He has a 546 ERA, so I think we're getting value because people are thinking, oh, he's a young guy who's not going to be very good. But his underlying metrics suggest his ERA should be around four, which isn't fantastic, but it's better than the ERA. And so I just think there's a little bit of hidden value here backing the Orioles and Grayson Rodriguez. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Orioles grayed out to have the better bullpen according to my projection system, which is the first time that the Rays bullpen now gets a below league average grade that I can ever remember. It seems like uh, they've always just had a good bullpen. Of course, they make up for it with a fantastic offense. First time that's happened. Uh, but this Orioles offense is more than capable at home of putting up a few runs. I don't think this is a high scoring game. I think it's a low scoring one, but I think that there's just some value here at plus 106 for the Orioles. Model says it should be raised minus 103. It's basically a coin toss, so plus odds is just too good to pass up. Needs to get up to plus 114 for an A grade. So not quite the same value proposition as some of the other games, but definitely worth a play here, getting some value backing Grayson Rodriguez. Mentioned I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Model projects a total of eight. I'm going under eight and a half. We're going to have a chilly night in Baltimore, low 50s a slight breeze out, but it should stay at five miles an hour, which isn't going to affect too much. And again, Zach Eflin involved a little bit of value with Grayson Rodriguez. He's not as bad as people might think he is. Just gives us a little bit of value on this under. I think we're gonna have a hard time getting to nine. So I think we could say under eight and a half. So I like the Orioles here, beat grade pick and also taking under eight and a half. 6.40 p.m. Eastern Blue Jays at the Phillies. Going to take the Phillies minus 125. Model says it should be Phillies minus 126. This is a B grade that you might want to play it more as a B plus towards an A grade, mainly because I'm just not sure if we're catching up to how bad Alec Manoa has become. Um, started off his career fantastic, but that 471 ERA, according to the underlying metrics, is a bit of a lucky thing because it should be more in the mid Fives. Aaron Nola hasn't looked great this season, but Aaron Nola has just a much longer track record. I have faith in him figuring it out. Whereas Manoa, I'm not really sure. He just doesn't have the totality of data to indicate that he can figure it out. That's a reason why there's a 20 point separation between these two pitchers in my rating system. Well, we use a standard deviation of 15, so 20 point difference is a full standard, more than a full standard deviation apart. It's a massive starting pitching edge for the Phillies. Obviously, the Blue Jays' offense is really good, but the Phillies' offense now with uh, Harper in it, and even kind of before Harper came back, started hitting the ball a little bit better, becoming a little bit more consistent, kind of getting back to the form they had at the end of last season. Obviously, it's a little bit of a drop-off from the Blue Jays offense to the Phillies, but it's more than offset by how much better and how much more faith I have than Aaron in Aaron Nola than Alec Manoa. So this is really a play where I just think we're getting a little bit of value here because Manoa is just a hard fade at this point. So minus 125, again, a B grade according to the model. One, I think you should play more at a B plus, A minus type grade, just because while neither pitcher has looked great this year, at least if nothing else, again, the track record. And on top of that, Nola's underlying metrics put him 
over a full run better than Manoa on the season, even though their ERAs are similar. So I'm backing Nola here in this one. However, I'm going over the total of eight. I'm also seeing some eight and a half. Model projects 9.4. It'll be almost 70 degrees to start off in Philadelphia. It'll cool down to about 60 degrees. And the wind will be blowing out between five and 10 miles an hour. Phillies might score nine or 10 by themselves with Manoa's pitching. Maybe not, but either way, even with Nola having struggled as well, the Blue Jays offense ought to put up some runs. Feels like five to three is about the only way this game ends where it doesn't go over the total. And so just given that there's so many more ways that it can go over than under with these offenses, both above average with Nola's struggles, but more importantly, Manoa's struggles, uh, Blue Jays bullpen right around league average. Phillies bullpens look solid, but again, this Blue Jays offense is really good. It's not a chilly night, slight breeze out. This should be able to get to nine, 10 runs, something like that, especially with the way the ball's been flying this year. So I think over is a pretty good play here over eight or eight and a half look at your calculators there, trying to figure out which one you want to play based off the numbers. Uh, these are the types of conversations we have over Discord. If you want to ask about a situation there, that's the place to do it. Again, remember, you can get there through a dub club under a dollar a day. Uh, on top of that, if you just are confused about what to do, my general recommendation on anything like this is split your wagers. That's the other option. Just play a little bit over eight and a little bit over eight and a half. It kind of covers you both ways. Uh, but I think a lot of runs here, I think Nola can hold the Blue Jays down a little bit, but I think the Phillies can have a field day against Manoa and put up a ton of runs for us. So back in the Phillies in the over in that one. 7.40 p.m. Eastern, Dodgers at the Brewers. Obviously really curious to see how game one plays out. Haven't, hasn't happened yet. I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, given the Dodgers' travel situation. Uh, it's a real tough spot for them coming off that Sunday night baseball comeback win extra inning game. Right? It's even worse uh, that they played a little bit later. So curious to see how Monday plays out by Tuesday. All should be back to normal. Let's back to Dodge minus 108. It's an A grade. Model says that anything better than minus 111 gets to that A grade price. Says the correct price is Dodgers minus 123. They win this about 55% of the time. Look, I don't really have a lot of faith in either one of these pitchers, Noah Syndergaard and Eric Lauer. Both of them have struggled this year. Syndergaard has a worse ERA, but better underlying metrics this season. Projects a little bit better, partially because of that, partially because of historic data as well. And so that's why this we don't back the Dodgers in A grade a ton. They're usually a pretty uh, overpriced team, not quite as much as the Yankees, but a close second. And I think the reason why is that people are just really down on Syndergaard. Obviously, again, it's been a tough year for him, but when you look deeper into the numbers about the more numbers that are predictive rather than more reactive, you know, when you look at what did happen versus what tells us what's a better indicator of what will happen, Syndergaard comes out of this as the pitcher who projects to do better going forward. I have the Dodgers bullpen rated as better. I have the Dodgers offense as much better than the Brewers offense, which is at least is a league average, but the Dodgers offense potentially can make a case for the best one in baseball. It's all Dodgers for me. So minus 108 is just way too cheap. I know it's on the road, but even if these two pitchers are equal, and I still think Syndergaard might be slightly better, even if they are equal, since I don't like either one of them, don't think either one of them goes deep. I trust the Dodgers bullpen more. I trust the Dodgers offense more. This is a gift of a price, in my opinion. I think we should jump all over at minus 108. Gets an A grade for me. Projecting the roof to be closed in Milwaukee. Projecting 9.6 runs. So I also like the over nine in this one. Like I said, I don't really have a lot of faith in either starting pitcher. I think the Dodgers can get to Lauer. Uh, they aren't quite as left-handed heavy uh, as an offense as they've been in the past. Uh, J.D. Mar Martinez still supposedly going to be out. Won't be back until later in the week. That obviously helps him out even more against lefties, but... At least now that Will Smith's back in the fold, that gives them another right-handed bat. They've got plenty of righties in there to throw against the lefty, so I think the Dodgers score plenty of runs 
I like the Dodgers, A grade minus 108 and going over nine as well. That push protection of nine pretty valuable because we could easily land at nine, but I think 10 or 11 slightly more likely than seven or eight. Also at 7.40 p.m. Eastern, White Sox at the Royals. This is, you know, you're kind of your plug and plug your nose and play type game. Uh, don't watch this one, right? There's a lot of other better baseball to watch at this time slot. But let's go ahead and back the Royals here at plus 130. It's a B grade, and I cannot believe we are backing Jordan Lyles, who has been absolutely terrible this year, mainly because of the fact that I don't really have a lot of faith in Lucas Giolito either for the White Sox. Really, the only pitcher on the White Sox that I have a ton of faith in is, of course, Dylan Cease. Hopefully, he comes through for us here on Monday night. Again, TBD on that one as of the time of this recording. And obviously the White Sox do have an edge here at starting pitcher, but relief wise, it's probably about the same offensively. It's probably not that much different. The Royals are a little bit left-handed heavy that helps them against the righty. The White Sox a little bit right-handed heavy that hurts them against the righty. So when you look at the White Sox versus a righty and Royals versus a righty, the offenses aren't that different, which is kind of surprising. The only difference here is starting off that Giolito is the much better pitcher, but that doesn't mean that we want to price them as quite as high as the sports books are doing. The best price I'm seeing in the White Sox is about minus 140, and the model says it should be minus 130. So we're getting about even expected value here, taking the Royals at home. Uh, decent chance to win this one. It's not quite a coin toss as the model says they win about 44% of the time, but they win enough to make the plus 130 worthwhile. But the main reason I want to talk about this one isn't the side play. It's kind of more of a B minus pick. Uh, the main reason I want to talk about this one is the over. I really like the over nine. I am seeing some nine and nine and a halfs out there. Nine and a halfs a non-starter for me, but nine I think is a great opportunity. Even if you're paying a little bit of juice, like minus 115, minus 120 at most, that's okay getting that push protection there. But it's going to be a warm night in Kansas City, around 80 degrees to start, closing the mid-70s. And I just don't trust either one of these starting pitchers. Uh, Gilito, again, he's not bad. Uh, he's not anywhere near as bad as Lyles is. But the White Sox should score off Lyles. And again, the Royals at home are going to perform better. White Sox bullpen, we know, has had their struggles. There should be runs somewhere in this game. I don't really know where. But we should be able to get to nine. And I think that's a great play if you're still able to find an over nine out there in this one. So my main play on this one is actually the total. Models is a little bit of value in the Royals at plus 130. But again, more of a B-minus pick than anything else. Then wrapping us out on the West Coast, Ashes at the Angels around 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Chilly night in Anaheim will be around 60 degrees for most of this one, but the wind's going to be blowing out at about 10 to 15 miles an hour, and we have a really friendly hitter ballpark. I talked about this yesterday with Jake, and that's part of the reason why I like the over 7.5 on this one, as the model projects 8.2, and you might be saying, how in the world are you going over with these two pitchers? Shohei Otani and Framber Valdez are two of the top pitchers in my database. They don't quite get to the 60s in their rankings. There's only, I think, about three pitchers that get to that level. Of course, DeGrom in the mid-50s, uh, but these these guys are right behind them. I mean, this is two of the top pitchers in baseball, absolutely. But top pitchers still give up runs, especially when they're playing in hitter-friendly ballparks, especially when you've got a near 15-mile-an-hour wind blowing out. And it's not like it's going to be in the 40s or something. So I just think these offenses are good enough to score runs. The Angels have one of the better offenses in baseball. And they're very right-handed heavy, which is going to actually help them against a lefty and Framber Valdez. And the Angels' bullpen is so bad, they can give up runs as well. I obviously know that Shoyotani can go deep. But in general, he's not been going as deep as you might expect. He's thrown 39 innings this year over seven games, which means he's gone less than six innings per start. 
Obviously, that's going to be a fluid number. I'm not taking that as gospel. But remember that most starting pitchers only go about six innings anyway. That requires three innings from the Angels relievers. And that could be a scary proposition given how shaky they've looked this last weekend and how bad they project to be overall. I mentioned this with Jake. I know they started off really well, but it's not really a great set of relievers. Losing one of their better ones, I guess, recently to injury doesn't help matters. Even if it's just extra depth, doesn't help matters. The Astros should score some runs. I don't think they're going to score a ton off Otani. They get maybe one or two across, especially with the wind blowing out. They can get a few off the bullpen. Otani's going to have to go eight or nine innings, and that's obviously possible. He will on occasion this season, but this Astros offense is kind of built to drive pitchers' pitch counts up. It's not overly likely he goes eight or nine. If he does, you just tip your cap to him. But otherwise, I think the Astros and the over are a pretty solid pick here. I think we can get to eight runs. Something like five to three Astros makes a lot of sense in my mind. This Angels offense isn't going to be completely shut down either, as good as Framber Valdez is. So I'm on the Astros here at plus 122. Model says it's a straight coin toss game. And to me, the bottom line is I don't really think there's much difference between Framber and Otani. When you look at the advanced metrics this year, um, Frumber's actually been the better pitcher by over a quarter of a run per nine innings. He projects to be slightly better. It's probably really rounding error. He projects to give more innings, which matters, especially given the fact that the Angels bullpen is so bad. It doesn't really help for, as, as much for the Ashes bullpen, which is pretty solid m- most nights. Uh, but this Angels offense, you need every bullet you can get. And the fact that Frumber's on average, and give you an extra inning. That can help you out too. I think it's kind of a wash of starting pitchers. I think it's kind of picking nits, but I don't really think you can argue too strongly and say that Otani's better. There's really nothing in the data that that suggests that. And so when you take that as a wash, you say, sure, this Angels offense is fully healthy and is better and they're at home, but the relievers, again, matter because this is not Sandy Alcantara we're talking about. It's Shohei Otani. And, and Otani's an incredible athlete, an incredible pitcher, incredible hitter, all sorts of things, but he just does, isn't, isn't likely to go nine. If he does, again, Let's tip our caps to him. But with Sandy, you're a little bit concerned. The bullpen may be completely a non-factor, but the bullpen's been a factor and more than half of Otani starts this season. And this could set up to be another one. And if so, that spells disaster with the wind blowing out against an above average offense in the Astros. So plus 122, a grade value, according to the model, straight up coin toss game. And if you can give me a coin toss of plus 122, taking it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And you can also play the over just because I think there's going to be a few more home runs than we would expect with these two pitchers in favorable conditions. This sets up to be more of a two to one ball game, but the hitters are going to have their way just because the weather is going to help them out a little bit. And again, we are in a hitter friendly ballpark. So I think we're getting a little bit of value playing the over. I think people are going to look at the pitchers and say, this is under, 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 but I don't think the weather and park set that up to be the case. That's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. Dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.